Hello, this is Lowell Thompson with Learning with Lowell, a podcast that covers healthcare, biotech, anything science-related really, or anything that really fascinates me. I'm open to input on that. Any suggestions or advice, send them my way. Go to learningwithlowell.com and subscribe today. Hello, today we have Jesse Morin, a technical high school science teacher from Connecticut, I believe. It'd be funny if that was wrong. Who has a lot to say about science, education, Quite frankly, it's a fan- uh, fantastic discussion. She has a lot of energy and a lot of drive, and I love the enthusiasm. I think you're going to love it, too. Is that like the new flu shot? I don't know what Tamiflu is. It's, Tamiflu is like, yeah, it inhibits the flu virus from replicating, so um, they give it like to prevent the flu. But also to shorten the time of, you know, and the severity of the infection. So, is that only with specific strains of the flu, or is that can that is that like a broadband thing, or is that specific? I think it's broadband because it it. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be resistance to it, but I think it inhibits like a common enzyme that the flu virus needs to get into the cells. If I'm not mistaken, but I don't. Wanna, I don't I'm not positive. <laughs> well, um, how about how about we say that that question was the beginning of the podcast like the simplest question you could answer is what's the difference between a high school and a technical high school okay so um a technical high school is a high school that's more focused on preparing students to enter into um like typically trade fields like carpentry um other construction trades culinary um hairdressing that sort of stuff but it's also evolving lately into including some stem related fields like you know pre-electrical engineering is one of our school's programs We have a graphics technology program. We have my program. There's a health technology program. So we're kind of more focused on preparing students to enter into the workplace or go to college so that they can eventually enter into the workplace and be prepared for that. So it's really kind of um, students are like focused on a specific pathway from when they're freshmen until when they're seniors and they stay in that pathway um, the whole way through. And the whole thing of our school was like career readiness and um, our trade classrooms which mine isn't really a classroom it's a lab is set up to mimic the workplace i would definitely want i'd rather go to that type of school especially since i I think getting into college is not overall very difficult it's more just paying for it like i think people build up college in a lot i mean granted i didn't i did not go to harvard (laughs) or yale maybe it's a different beast but like for the for the most part like it's really just like do you are you capable of like running that marathon so i I think hopefully and i I think like our, I think a bigger focus of our school is kind of on, you know, learning to like persevere and figure out what you want and how to, um, you know, have the skills you need to follow through on your goals. So we're kind of focused on that a lot too, which is essential if you're going to go to college or the workplace, it doesn't really matter. No, definitely. It's uh, like problem solving skills. I think that's, that's one of the big things that like school in general is not like, like, like my high school did not encourage like that type of thing. It was more like, like, um, like factory work would be like probably what they're preparing you for to be like a decent citizen of America. Yes, which is important too. But I mean, it's, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's if a kid, if there, if we have a student in like our hairdressing program, cutting someone's hair, like they're really learning how to be a hairdresser. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're having to problem solve the whole time, the whole day. You know, I think that's the best way to go about it. I think in my opinion, like if I had kids, and maybe one day I will have kids. Like, that's the type of school I would want them to go to. Because problem solving is, like, one of those base 
tool set skills that you want and you can basically do anything it's like if you have that good problem solving skills you can take that that ability to problem solve and really apply it to anything and then just yep. the transferability of it's always really fascinating all right so you mentioned in our pregame i don't know if that's the right word for it but when we were talking uh, mm -hmm. before the recording that you had like an ice day slash snow day and you had to go in to like do um, some lab touch-ups are there do you tend to are you ever surprised by what your students try to make? Is it ever like, they want to do like this crazy thing, or is it? Oh, yeah. We, we're doing crazy things all the time. So, I mean, I have, um, like, I so my students, when they're juniors and seniors, design their own research projects. Well, they, they start designing them as sophomores, and then they start doing them as juniors, and then um, seniors, they can continue the same project or do something different. But we, we bring them to the Connecticut Science and Engineering Fair, which is a pretty competitive um, science fair. and they come up with their own project ideas and sometimes I, I really have to like dial it back. Like we can't, you know, we don't have the equipment or the money to do that. But um, like one of, for example, one of my students projects right now, um, we're using CRISPR Cas9 to make a um, C. elegans model of the human genetic disorder. And like, that was their idea. And I was like, I don't know if we can do that, but then we looked at it and we figured out how to do it. So we're actually going um, to inject worms at a, a university lab next week. So it's pretty exciting. That is exciting. That's fascinating. Does the entire uh, class get to go or is it just the people working on it? Just, well, because it's such a um, hard thing to do and like the lab is already, you know, going out of the way to help us really for no reason other than they're super nice. Um, I'm just taking the students who are directly involved, but my, like the, if basically if other students who had to leave our lab to go to another lab to use equipment, like they would, they would also be able to do that. So the nice thing about, um, me having been in like academia before this, like as a, a student and then a postdoc is that I know a lot of people in the area. So I can kind of, you know, network that and say, Hey, remember me? <laughs> can I, can I come use your fancy microscope? So, um, it's, it's been where, and people want to help, um, you know, people who are working in, um, K-12 education. So I don't know. The good thing about scientists is that they usually like to share their knowledge. So it's, it's a, it's a good thing. I would think so, especially since they want they want like the next generation. Like you never know. Yeah. It'd be yeah. it'd be kind of neat. Like if one of your students goes on to win like a Nobel Prize, because then you could you could be like, I better be in that acceptance speech. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I better be there because I I helped you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Speaking about your 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 background specifically, uh, you mentioned some postdoc work. What what yeah. is there anything about that that um, oh, I was fascinating? Like, cause you you, you spent probably a couple couple of years several you know years working on it like is there anything that you learned from it that you still find really riveting as a postdoc well I, I guess yeah I mean I think one of the things that I'm that I feel the well when I look back on most fondly is like you know just the idea that you could dive into like a such a small area of like knowledge so deeply and focus on it and like really become like the person who knows the most about that thing um at least like you know, in, in your department, if not like, you know, your country or whatever, depending on how like narrow in a scope your project is. Um, so my research has kind of always focused on um, different aspects of like antibiotic discovery. Um, and I think like, it's been really fun to approach that from different angles, whether it's from like synthetic chemistry, or like, I did stuff with uh, bacterial genetics. And then after that, I did um, work with, um, I did work in a 
lab that did a lot of like microbial community based research. And even though I wasn't doing that, I got to be in on those conversations. And um, I don't know, it's just like you learn you learn so much about one thing and then you find out there's all this other stuff related to it that you kind of get to explore. So I think it was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson that said that the more you learn, the more you can, the, the more your border of ignorance expands. And then, well, then I guess that's a much more elegant way to say that. But I, I like knowing that I don't know very much. And, you know, my students will say things like, Oh, you went to school for so long. It's like, you must be so smart. I know a lot about a very small amount of stuff. <laughs> But and then I know a little bit about a lot of things, but you know, I I guess I I'm aware of like the fact that I don't know a lot of things, and I think that's a good thing to be. And I also think that teenagers appreciate that opinion, and they're kind of surprised by it. They'll ask me a question, and you know, I'll, I'll say like, I don't know, that's a good question, and you know, we go try to figure out the answer to it. So it's cool to be someone who can kind of guide people on figuring out how to find out stuff they don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that isn't that. I don't, I, this this is not the scientific method, but you should usually when it comes to like like figuring out whatever's going on, like the first thing you have to do is recognize whether or not like what the problem is, and so being honest about whether or not you know it is always really really key. I think I think people do a disservice when they like they don't allow themselves to be wrong or to because like when you allow yourself to be wrong or or, or to have the wrong view, like you you don't allow yourself to correct it. Like like yeah. this might this not might be this might not be right. Let's let's test it to see how it could be right. Right, and as long as you're making, you know, decisions with like the best information and the best judgment you have at the time, it's like you kind of can't be wrong in a way. You know, like you can just kind of revise your your approach as needed. Well, it's so. um, it's kind of like uh, I this is probably not the best example based on what we we're talking about, but it's like uh, weather weather scientists. It's like how many yeah. profession how many professions could you be wrong seventy percent of the time and still get a promotion. It's like, right. it's like they're they're constantly trying to learn more, and the day that they get a hundred percent, they're probably going they're 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 probably gonna have a pretty pretty great uh you know award going their way if we have such a great uh, understanding of climate science. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I'm trying to like impress upon my students is that you know you see all these like news stories about how caffeine's bad for you and caffeine's good for you, and you know things go back and forth, and that's because we're still learning stuff. So we don't know, like everything's presented as a definite, but really nothing is a definite. I think the, so. the, the big thing that I take away from science is that, because especially because I, I, I do more statistics, mine was like neuroscience. So like the big thing that helps me when it comes to like looking at research or like news articles is when they say, as soon as I hear definite, like any, any definite, especially in the science community, usually triggers, like lets me know like it's probably not too serious because most most research is like the data supports this conclusion, not exactly. the data means this is what it is. Like it's like usually supportive. Right, right. The same time, I don't have a PhD, so like I could be wrong, but <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're right on that. <laughs> of all the things you could do, why did you choose to do what you do do? Like what, what, what about it makes you want to get up in the in the morning excited? Um, so I guess as, so I went in, originally I went into grad school because I wanted to be a professor because I always, I've always tutored or, you know, taught like gymnastics classes or whatever. I've always been involved in teaching somehow since I was pretty much like 15. Um, and I don't know if that's because I'm an over, like the oldest sibling or what, but I like, I like teaching people things and I love science. So, um, kind of as I've gone through, I've figured out like I want to do science and I want to teach and, um, as I went through grad school, I graduated and I was like, well, am I going to 
keep going and do a postdoc and try to do the professor thing or am I going to do um, something different and pursue what people tend to call like alternative careers, which are probably like more the norm than, you know, academic careers. Um, I decided to look for a postdoc lab that would kind of allow me to explore teaching as an interest as well as research. And that's why I chose to go to the lab that I went to. And then when I was there, I realized, um, you know, there's a lot of, I started get, kind of getting into like the science education literature and all of that supports the idea that the earlier students get engaged in authentic science research, the bigger impact it has on their interest in pursuing STEM careers in the future, um, especially for like underrepresented minorities and women. Um, so I kind of like I'm, I'm passionate about getting people into science, especially the people who like don't think they're good at it for no reason. So um, that's kind of why I chose to focus on K-12 education. And then when I found this job, so I guess originally I was planning to be like a regular chemistry, biology, whatever teacher. Um, and then I found this position at our school system, which is so unique with this um, program was new. It hadn't been, they, they needed someone to start it. So they hired me. And the cool thing about what I get to do every day is I work in the lab with students for like six hours a day. And, you know, I get to, I get to help students who are like, really good at lab work, but not really good at academic work or both or neither, um, kind of figure out how to do experiments. And that's like an interesting challenge. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess I just want to get people like to even if they don't want to go into science, I want to make sure they appreciate science and like understand what it actually is and that it's not just like a collection of facts that people memorize. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely yeah. it's a very valuable, valuable thing to learn, especially since most news is kind of like sound bites, so it's really easy to get misled. But if you have a pretty good understanding of the science, you can like kind of destruct it and make a much more informed decision. So it's it's definitely one of those like life skills. That I think like like if I had kids, like that'd be like you're learning science, but you're gonna learn <laughs> to love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I think some of my so I'm, I'm I have my first class of seniors now, and I think some of them have kind of realized that like they don't love it. They don't love the idea of like doing a bunch of experiments that might fail. Or, um, you know, doing something like in, you have, you know, a lot of times you have to do experiments in a model that's not humans, or the data might not directly apply to whatever you're studying. So I think some students have like problems with that. Like, they don't want to be they don't want to do that. But at least they know, this is how science works. This is what a scientist does. And like, they can make informed decisions based on that in the future, even if they don't go into science themselves. Definitely. So. A question, question that I popped up as we were talking and thankfully, I made a little sticky note in my head, which is yeah. if, if I if I if I have like a daughter, like what what are some things as a parent that I could hypothetically do to encourage like much more like love for science? You know, if that makes sense. Um, I don't. So this is a good question. So both my kids are boys, so I kind of felt like oh, phew, because <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. But I also have to I have to worry about other things with them. But I guess I think like. I feel like every kid's kind of born, born as a scientist. Like what they do is they explore, they take in information, they test hypotheses and also like, you know, they test everything. So that's what they're doing all the time. So it's kind of like it has to be beaten out of them rather than like getting them excited about it. So I think like the best thing is just to encourage them to, you know, whatever it is, be outside, you know, do stuff with technology, except, you know, now they're not supposed to be on the screen too much and all that sort of thing. But I mean, kids are asked, like, that's what kids do. They ask questions all the time. So I think one of the things that I try to do um, is just not give answers 
and like I like you know I do a lot of like I don't know what do you think <laughs> and that's good whether you're in the classroom or like as a parent so I don't know um, I guess yeah I don't know there seems like lately there's a lot of stuff focused on like getting girls to like science and um, I have mixed feelings about it so there's you know there's like there's a lot more girls clothes that's not pink that has that have things like dinosaurs or like rocket ships or whatever the case may be so um, yeah, I don't know it's like subliminal messages. I don't know if it's necessarily like a conscious thing that people are doing all necessarily. I'm sure it is for some people, but I don't know. That being said, my dad, my dad's like, my dad kind of encouraged me always to like be investigating stuff. Um, and my sister. So I don't, I don't know if I had like the traditional experience of, you know, I like playing with dolls and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I think, um, there's like there's like a commercial that like pops in my head when I think about like uh, like uh, women learning science or like little uh, young women learning science. I don't know the, the correct vernacular. I don't want to insult people, but the it's like there's like a, a girl and a boy, and like the the girl's trying to figure out like using a hammer or something like that. And then the dad's like, give the hammer to your your brother, and it's like oh, yeah. it's like the saddest thing. Like what? She was having fun with the hammer. What are you doing? Like, yeah, just, exactly. Like, just let the player have her fun. Right. And I think um, one of the things that I think I, I thought was really interesting when I did get into reading, like, papers in the science education literature is that one of the biggest things um, that kind of starts to change, like, the amount of men and women that are going into science or, like, in higher-level science math and math classes, even in high school, is that if a girl gets a C, she's more likely to think that she's a failure. But if a boy gets a C, they're more likely to think, oh, that's fine, I passed. So I think like that's another thing too is girls tend to be um, for whatever reason whether it's like upbringing or you know like this like social media that's imposed upon them or whatever the case may be um, they have to realize that like sometimes stuff is hard and if you're not perfect it's fine mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah it's, so. it's, it's consistent with my experience as well and I think I think the neat thing is uh, at, le at least on the college level it's like it's like the majority of people in college are women so it's like like guys yeah. got to step it up like. We got we gotta we gotta keep trying because I think that idea to like, like push themselves but like learn to relax about it at the same time is is like the relaxed component is definitely something that, that could be learned but like in the college level like women like in all the colleges near me like it's like sixty percent women are in college now and like guys are I don't know what they're doing I don't know where they went but they're not they're not in college at the same levels. I was in a chemistry department in so in college there was a lot more. Um, women in like the biology department than the chemistry department graduating, but the chemistry department was also smaller. But then um, in grad school in the chemistry department, I was the only American girl out of 23 students in my class. So I don't know. <laughs> then, then in my postdoc, I went to a biology department and again, it was like the balance went back to women, but I mean, it's still, there's still a huge gap in terms of the number of women who are professors at universities. And I mean, when I was in college, I had two female professors in my whole like college and grad school who were women in chemistry. So I don't know. There's still, there's still a gap. So like, obviously, you know, there's a reason why that's happening, but um, it's not college. I mean, it's, well, maybe it's as you go up in college, but it's not at the beginning of college. So, you know, at your level, if not before, as it's like, yeah. like, like personally with my experiences, like I wish I, I test out of high school. I didn't know you could do that. Cause I didn't learn anything in high school. I just, I didn't, I know it was my, my, my school was not very good, but besides like teaching you how to like grow things, 
which I already knew how to do since I grew up on a farm. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like at the same time, I think like if it was a school like yours, I'd be like, yeah, sure. You guys can keep going. But I'd probably just encourage my kids to test out and like go to college because then you get to do whatever you want. Like that's what that's the neat thing about college. Like you pick, like, you get a, you have, get a bunch of advisors that help you pick tracks to like find things that interest you, which is really fun, which seems yeah. very similar to your, um, the school that you're at. Yeah, I mean, kids, so the way our school works is that um, students spend two weeks, pretty much, roughly two weeks in, like, all their regular science, math, English, all, history, all those classes, and then they spend two weeks in their trade, and they kind of flip back and forth, so I either have 10th graders or 12th graders every two weeks, and then the other teacher who works with me, she has 9th and 11th, so we kind of, like, flop back and forth, but... Um, a lot of the kids in our school, like, they dread their academic classes because they're not there for that. But at the same time, they still have to, like, if they want, especially if they want to go on in science, they have to have good grades to some degree to get into college. So, um, I don't know, it's tricky. It's tricky because, like, I know that they're at a tech school for a reason because they like hands-on learning. They like to, you know, whatever they're focused on, they like that. But also, you know, to try to tell them, like, it, you can't just be here for that because you still have to pass all your other classes. So, I don't know, it's tricky. It is. I think... Well, one of the things that helps me with math is that, like, I think, I think, and I don't know how healthy of, like, a way to look at people this is, but I think, like, people are equations, and, like, whenever, like, you're having a conflict with someone, like, that's the product of a series of variables, and if you just, like, work with that person to figure out those var variables, you can resolve the conflict, and so, like, it, yeah. it always makes me, like, appreciate, at least algebra, <laughs> I'm teaching myself yeah, calculus, so. I think, I think that's, like, one of the things, even if a high school didn't prepare you for exactly what you wanted to do that hopefully is one of the things that kids learn like one of those soft skills of like how to work with people you don't want to work with and you know have bosses like you don't want to deal with like teachers um so that's kind of one valuable thing about high school even if it's not a great high school I guess you know what I mean like I don't know I have a lot of, I have a lot of students who don't get the idea that like when you're in the real world and your boss tells you to do something like you do it or you don't have a job anymore <laughs> so They'll learn. <laughs> they'll, they'll learn or they won't eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like Darwin exactly. will figure it out. Like Darwin will, uh, you know. That's true. Well, when it comes, when it comes to, like, for me, like, the one field that, like, I know the least, like, my my ignorance of this, in this field is, like, absolute, is, like, chemistry. And so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious, like, Arthur C. Clarke uh, is famous for saying that any advanced technology when looking at from like a primitive level, it seems like magic. So like chemistry is like my magic. Like, is it? So like, it's, yeah. And that's why I think that's why I like it. <laughs> I think it's, I like the idea that like things that look like magic, I like explaining that. Like it looks like magic, but it's really not. It's science and science is cooler than magic because it's real. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, like, don't get me wrong. I'm like, I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. If magic was real, that would be awesome. But I think, like, science kind of is magic in that it isn't magic, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think it's magical in what we – I think it's a very well, – one thing that I think is really fascinating is that, like, the scientific method in and of itself is relatively young in, like, the age of our species. And mm -hmm. then the idea that, like, with its, like, advent that we're able to do so much, so much like, innovation with it. Like, it's a very smart system – of innovation because you you check things like you test it yet i think i think it's a very smart system and that yeah. i think well one thing that i think is really fascinating is that like basically as a species we've been around for i think this i may be wrong on this date but like 200 to like 5 million years like people that looked about like they were almost identical to us were around that that amount so like 
the idea that if you were to give science as like a concept to people back then, I just wonder like what would they build? Like it'd yeah, probably do some true. really fascinating things. Yeah, that's I haven't thought about that. That's true. It'd be cool. <laughs> Uh, one factoid on history, and then we'll, we'll jump back to science, is um, Cleo, Cleopatra, when she was alive, is is closer to modern day than she was to the building of the pyramids. And she was like the pharaoh lady of Egypt. Wow, I had no idea. I, I'm History's not, I'm not good at that. <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm not good at that. I'm not that I'm not good at that. I haven't learned a lot about that yet. <laughs> yeah, it's... What, I, I cheat because, like, I like Rome his, Roman history. So, like, it's like I, I have like a couple factoids that sounds interesting. But you get you get a lot of applicable things. Like, unless I'm in like Jeopardy, or like I'm being held hostage by people that really like game shows. Like, knowing Roman <laughs> history is probably never going to benefit me. But like, you could probably use chemistry to break out of prison, or be you could be like the person that makes wine in prison, and you'd have a currency. I totally could because I have a good microbiology background. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, speaking of Harry Potter, like there's a lot of world-breaking things in Harry Potter, but I like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Time Turners, which once again is not yeah. science, but um, it would be cool to have a Time Turner. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I'd like to go back. I think if I could go back, I just want to watch things. Like I'd want to. I'd want to see what like Cleopatra looked like. Because they always describe her as like this really beautiful goddess, so I'm kind of I'm always curious like what people think is beautiful. Because it's it's yeah. rarely what I think is beautiful. But yeah, or true. or like more fascinating things like I could meet Einstein. I I just think it'd be cool to know that I could do it. That's true. It's I guess it's like a superpower. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you um, kind of a silly question then, um, if you could have, and you can't have like a super superpower, like you can't have like Superman superpower. Which is he's like the Mary Sue for men, like having like he basically they have to find reason to to, to defeat that guy, but <laughs> like if you could have like a minor superpower, because I don't like time travel as a big superpower, but like if you could have like a minor superpower, and I can I can differentiate this if you need to. What super, minor superpower would you want? Like, um, it's a weird question because like everyone's like most people would pick like telekinesis for like a big one, or well, I mean for you you'd probably want time travel, but. Like what's a? Oh, I don't want either of those. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, can I have like extra patience? <laughs> I'm just super patient. I would love that. <laughs> no, you know what? If I didn't have to sleep, that'd be amazing. With no side effects. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Can I have? Is that a minor superpower? Does that qualify? Okay. Well, what if I could take, like, a nap in, like, five minutes and it would be, like, five hours of sleep? <laughs> Basically, I didn't get enough sleep. I need more. That's, that's, a, that's a super, super power. But, like, I, I like it. Like, 33% more time in your life is, is very substantive. Now, now filling that would be, would be very difficult. I don't know. I think I could do it. <laughs> you could um, you could get it in your, in your third shift of life. You could get another PhD or an MD. And people are like, what did you do last night? Did you sleep? And you're like, no, I, I got a new physics degree or something. And people are like, yeah, see, that sounds great. I'll do that. <laughs> as long as like there's no like, especially if there's like no side effects, that is, yeah. that is an ultra power because you get 33% more time to learn things. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, 
is there is there anything in chemistry that like because because you have like a person over here who does not I do not understand chemistry besides what I've tried learning I only remember like the octet rule and oh that's something <laughs> um and then carbon carbon is like I have a very inappropriate way to remember this but like carbon accepts everyone that that like carbon's like that thing where like everyone gets attached onto it because like it's really yeah. easy to like pop over electrons or something yep I don't know it, if it's yeah, I know. I know what you're gonna say. I don't know. I don't know how inappropriate you can be on here, but yeah, carbon is promiscuous. So, <laughs> is there anything in chemistry that would be really interesting to learn? Like, if if you could be like, "Lol, you should know this." Like, is there anything like that? Um. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm always like really interested in like I mentioned antibiotics. So, um, I think one thing that a lot of people don't know that's really cool is that um, two thirds of the antibiotics that we use clinically come from bacteria that live in the soil. So, and the coolest thing about that is that the bacteria that live in the soil make pheromones to regulate like when they make antibiotics. So there's this whole community of like, you know, millions of species of bacteria in like a gram of soil. Um, and they're all making compounds that are doing things to each other. So or, or in response to the in environmental conditions and like, we only know, like we can only culture um, a very, very, very small percent of like the bacteria in the soil. So basically, um, you know, you can kind of think of like the soil as a reservoir for all these new drugs that we haven't discovered yet. So I, I think that's cool. That is, that is cool. I only know my, my the extent of the antibiotics and where they come from that I know about is that penicillin comes from bread, bread mold. Yep. Penicillin actually was first discovered, I think, from a mold that grew in the rind of a cantaloupe. Um, but a lot of people hear bread. But yeah, because the, the mold does grow on bread. But yeah, I mean, like like um, azithromycin comes from the same family of bacteria that, like, it's a derivative of uh, a molecule that comes from soil bacteria or um, tetracycline, doxycycline, a lot of anti-cancer drugs. So I don't know. That's that's what I like. <laughs> I like to learn about that. So it is, it is fascinating. It's it's one of those fields that I'm like spending time like currently I'm like teaching myself calculus so it's eventually I'm going to run to chemistry and then it'll probably be not too intimidating as I think it would be I just have never been so, exposed to it yeah I mean the thing with chemistry that I get frustrated about is that the intro level chemistry classes in college are the most dry stuff and then the really cool stuff's after that but you lose so many people along the way that they don't get to the cool stuff and that's probably true of a lot of things in college like a lot of different fields but I don't know. I feel like with biology, it's like really easy to see how interesting it is from the get go because it's, you know, it's about humans and other organisms that you can see. But then like chemistry seems so abstract. But I mean, that's also like how everything in our bodies works. So um, I don't know. No, I, I agree. I think um, I don't know if this is like a proven thing, but most most intro level courses in college are meant to like filter people out. Yeah, chemistry, especially because they're trying to get rid of all the pre-med majors <laughs> and, and the who can't. In the college I went to, the chemistry, like, I think all, all, they only had, like, the intro ones, there was, like, two specific ones that had, like, a 30% pass pass rate, and it's, like, yeah. they, they thought that was good. Yeah. It's, like... So, that's, 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 that's one of the things why I'm in where I am now is because I want people to realize that, like, you know, good teaching makes a difference. So, if 30% if of your students aren't passing the class, in my opinion, that's not because all those other kids are dumb. It's because the teaching isn't good. And they're not engaged in the course, and the course isn't being taught in a way that the material seems relevant and engaging. So that's kind of like my mission in life is to make to make chemistry interesting. But um, 
you know, I'm not sure if I'm, I mean, I don't teach chemistry most of the time. Most of the time I teach biology, but, um, when I do teach chemistry, I try to make it like, you know, relevant because it is relevant and it's not like a, it's not like this big reach to, to make it relevant. So, yeah, no, you have a, you have Bill, not a science guy. And then you have uh, breaking bad and that's like tons of chemistry. I know. And I like, I love that show, but I mean, it's all accurate. Like all that chemistry in there, if you look at it and you know, some organic chemistry, you're like that, that's realistic. So it's cool. They have good science advisors. <laughs> I wonder if that show indirectly in increased people making meth. Oh, I'm sure it did. It had to have. <laughs> well, I feel like, like, like. But maybe making it the right way, you know? <laughs> Meth is the only one I know a little bit about how to make. I don't do any drugs for the record, but um, like it's very, it's very volatile. So I feel like it's like self pruning, like like in the sense that like it'll blow up and then it'll prune out people who want to make it. That's that's a good way to think about it. <laughs> it's like uh, it's, it's like meth in itself like really destroys your brain. So like there's no, I don't yeah. know if there's any benefit to making meth. Meth. I don't know if there's any like actual beneficial things to meth. Yeah, I don't think there is. I think Hitler was on meth. <laughs> I think like, that's like the only beneficial thing to know. Like Hitler took meth for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he did he did a lot of stuff. He was a very weird maybe, man. Maybe that explains some paranoia. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at the end he just kept, yeah. he just kept shooting people. Um, <laughs> it was not a good time to be a German in that time. But if you if you had to, is there are there books that you tend to give your students to inspire them? they think people would love to know about um hmm, that's a good question i don't i don't think hmm, i have i should start doing that more now i'm gonna start thinking about that i don't know i guess like if i had to give them books i would probably give them well i have this book um from the do you know the xkcd comics uh, or no? it's just the letters xkcd no i have not heard that it's like a nerdy math like you know based comic that also talks about science but the makers of that, um, they answer all these like random what if questions. So like, what if you were exposed? What if, what if all your DNA in your body just like was gone? What would happen? So I, I have that book that um, I give students to read occasionally, especially like the ones who are always asking me those questions that I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but they they have that stuff in there. Um, I I'm gonna look that up. I don't. What would I want it's to called, know now? I think it's called What If is the book. I, I now want to know what would happen if you took DNA. I think wouldn't we just break apart in a couple of couple of days? I feel like that's what would happen. It's, like, it's basically like if you've got radiation poisoning, it would be pretty similar to that because you know all the cells that you have that divide really quickly, they would die first, and then you know things would deteriorate from there. But there's other things in there like what if everyone got on one side of the Earth and jumped at the same time? You know, like it's I don't know, it's cool. They do a lot of calculations. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, what other books. I don't know. Uh, for soft skills, there's always um, how to win friends and influence others. That's really good for like teaching, like oh, yeah. to people. Oh, true. Yeah, uh, Warren Buffett recommended that. I read. Um, I can't remember the name of this book. It was all about like the. It was about like the influence of genes on personality, but I don't remember what it was. It wasn't the selfish gene, um, but that book was good. <laughs> so it's not helpful. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. yeah i don't know i guess i don't i guess i don't have a good answer to that question i gotta think about it more. 
I, I tend to read mostly fiction. So that's part of the problem is that like, I don't, I haven't read a lot of, like I read textbooks and fiction. I don't tend to read like, you know, nonfiction, popular science books much, but I should. Well, the one that I think, especially since you like the idea of like representing minorities or like encouraging them or mm -hmm. I don't know how to uh, summarize it very well, but um, Dr. Duodna, the lady who was, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You know who I'm talking about. So I don't have to summarize that, but she wrote a really interesting book about her, ex her discovery, like how she figured it out. And it's actually really uh, approachable. So that could be okay. something that you could give them. I'll like, that. This woman is smart and she yeah. surfs. She surfs. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think I think that's one of the things that I wish, like when you when you actually peel back the veneer that you get from like news, like like most scientists, they're very they're very artistic. Like Einstein, he'd play the violin, yeah. or Duodna would surf and I think paint. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who are really into music or. You know, whatever the case may be, so. Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely, like, like, well, when I think of, like, what I would do for my kids, like, it would be, like, science and math and then, like, art. Because Leonardo da Vinci and, and Einstein specifically, like, they, they would use their imagination and their, like, mathematical reasoning to, like, yep. make these really cool things. And I think that is really fascinating. Yeah, and the reading and the math are going to come along with it because you have to do those things to be able to do the other three, so... I always think like, you know, in a lot of, there's a lot of pressure in education right now to use science and history as vehicles for reading and math. But I think really it should be the other way around. We should be using like, you know, we should kind of be integrating all this stuff more so that you don't just get history in its, you know, bubble, right? Like you get all this stuff kind of integrated because it is, it is integrated. It's not, um, I don't know. They're not like, they're not really separate disciplines. We just arbitrarily make them that way. Mm -hmm. And I think giving chemistry and physics and math and biology, so. Yeah, I think giving context behind, like, situations, like, when there's a new biography that just came out about Leonardo da Vinci, and so it's really interesting to see everything that came in to, like, get him where he was, like, so it's like, you, you see where the science came in, you see where, like, the art came in, and then you can kind of see, like, hey, that kind of benefit me, too. Yeah, that's true. I'd recommend that book, but that's kind of, it's an interesting book. Oh, I like interesting books. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to read, usually, but, like, that's why when I do, it's... Just like, uh, you know, take a break from using my brain kind of books. Well, then but, what type of fiction do you tend to read? Because I read a lot of fiction. Um, I tend to read a lot of, like, well, I like Harry Potter, that sort of stuff. But I, I read, like, science fiction, fantasy. Um, I don't know. I read some young adult stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I read thrillers. I read a lot of, like, Stephen King. I don't know. I kind of read a lot. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Have you read uh, the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, basically, Brandon Sanderson, like, if you like the Mistborn, I think that's his most successful no no uh, novel. He has, like, this giant Cosmere where you can, like, it's it's very, like, science-based. All the magic is science-based, like, in the sense that, like, okay. if, if you, yeah, yeah if you, like, it's science-based in the sense that, like, you can figure it out and there's, like, like everything makes sense from a physics standpoint. Granted, okay. Yeah. But... Basically, like, um, there's a guy who is, like, imagine, like, Sauron from Lord of the Rings. There's, like, that guy, and there's, like, a bunch of people who are trying to overthrow him, and one of them is a woman, and she has, like, magical abilities, and she doesn't know it. It's, it's really fat. It's like a heist novel. So, and then okay. it's, like, there's, like, a trilogy with that, and the fascinating thing about that one is he's doing, he did a trilogy with that that's more, like, fantasy in the sense that, like, in the Middle, e Middle, Middle Ages, or, like, uh, ancient times, and then he's going to do another one that's like currently going on that's in the middle that's in the western times 
then he's going to do another one that's in the, like, modern, and then another one in the future, so you can see, like, this magic system oh, as it me. changes with society. What? That's, that's, that sounds cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and, like, I like, uh, I like long series, because I tend to get sad when they're over. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm the same way. And then, like, it gives you more to draw on, you know, like. Yeah. Yep. Well, the, a fun a fun fact. I don't know if this is a fun fact about me, but um, when I first read the Harry Potter series, I started with book six when the the third movie oh. came out. So like it started with like them talking about how Dumbledore died, and I just I just kept rereading oh, that page. Like, no, you can't kill Dumbledore. Like, yeah. No, no, I read the seventh book, the the Deathly Hallows, and they just kept. Talking oh, okay, about I was gonna it. say that's not the sixth book, yeah. yeah, yeah. But. I like, read so many times that like kind of kind of all went together. So every time a new one came out, I'd go back and reread all the other ones, old mm -hmm. ones in order. So um, yeah, I read them a lot. <laughs> that's that's when you know you have like a problem, or you really love a series when every yeah, new book exactly. makes you like go through it again. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, anything by Brandon Sanderson, I'd recommend. Um, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, there's a lot. I don't know, I'll send them to you. But, like, okay. that's, that's fun, especially if you want to, like, he has very specific reasons why everything exists. And he's mm -hmm. he's currently writing a 10-book epic saga I... that there's three of them already out. So. Very cool. Yeah. I recommend science fiction. I, I feel like science fiction, like, really good science fiction is, like, kind of hard to come by. I feel like a lot of them are really old. But there are... Yeah. Some, there's um John Scalzi's Old Man War, which I think even um your high schoolers would probably love that. Like, a... Have you, heard, have you heard that one? I've heard of him, but I haven't. I, I don't know his book, so. Oh, well, basically. Check it out. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Like, there's a lot of science-y stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's science fiction, so it has to be science. And it's pretty fascinating. I think it's being made into a TV series. Oh, cool. That's fun. Yeah, they need to have more TV series about science fiction. Like, the last really good one. Well, you have Expanse now. Do, do you watch that? No. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch. I don't have what get have time to watch TV usually, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it makes sense, you know. High school, high school teacher, not technical high school teacher, parent. I mean, that's a lot of time. So that, that makes yeah. sense. And then you have like all the time where you want to learn more. Is there for people who want to learn more about biotechnology? For people who have like that hunger and thirst, especially. I think you'd be a great person to answer this, but is is there a way that they could? learn is there resources online that you found that be very effective to be introductory or or like is there any i don't know is there any like methods that you found to be effective in getting people who want to learn on the track of learning does that make sense i guess the nice thing about you know the internet now is that kind of no matter how you learn you can find something that works for you so um you know as a teacher i'm always trying to find different ways to present the same thing so kind of i hit all the different ways people learn at least in, in the students that i have um, or do my best to do that. So there's tons of great YouTube videos. I mean, everyone knows about TED Talks. Those are amazing. Um, but there's also a lot of videos that, you know, demonstrate how to do specific things in the lab or, um, you know, um, certain like concepts that you really need like a simulation or a model for. Um, so there's a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of open access journals, which, you know, can be hard to read if you don't have the background for it. But I think just looking at them and seeing, the titles of like what's in the like what's going on in science right now is interesting. Of course, there's like you know Scientific American. There's a, a website called Science Daily News that has good stuff. Um, you know, you can find things on Twitter if you follow the right um, people, like on anything. So if you follow like you know professional societies for different like the American Chemical Society or uh, American Society for Microbiology or whatever the case may be, like whatever you're interested in, 
they tend to put out like the really hot stuff that's going on in that field. Um, so that's another thing. Um, a lot of my students love the ASAP science YouTube series. Yeah, of course, Crash Course, the Crash Course series is great on YouTube, um, or the Sci Show, which is the same people. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so many things. <laughs> and I think, I think one of the things that people don't realize they can do is like sometimes like, I'm not going to encourage people to go out and just start emailing professors at universities, but like that's a thing too. So I think like researchers are always, in my experience, they're interested in sharing and they may not get back to you right away, but um, they are happy to help or like point you in the right direction or even give you feedback on like, I want to, this is like where I want to end up in my career. Um, if you're someone who's there, how can you help me do that? So I think like that's another thing that, um, especially now with things like Twitter and, you know, everyone's email addresses are on their web pages. Um, that's a thing that people can do if they're interested also. There's a, I forgot where I got this. They, they taught it at Stanford where like this, this person who was doing like a talk would challenge every student saying like, Hey, if you could, if you can go out and like contact like Bill, Bill Gates or Bill Clinton, like you have to find like people who are generally not accessible, like and contact mm -hmm. them and have a, like a have them a answer a meaningful question and whoever gets the best meaningful question answered that they went a trip to like Europe or something like that. And like most people didn't do it because they, they thought they couldn't do it. And, and yeah. Then, and like the people who did do it, they were like, oh, it's really easy. You know, literally, like you said, the emails are out there. You just, you know, be polite. Right. And like these people, right. like they want to help. Yeah. And I think people, they're people and they like to know that people are interested in what they're doing. So, um, I don't know. I, I guess people like to talk about themselves. So. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Cause like, I would, I would love to know how Bill Gates runs his charity to like eradicate malaria. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Cause I would want to replicate that. Like let's, let's do like rabies. Let's, let's have like a bunch of small nonprofits like trying to eradicate illnesses. Yep. Yeah. That'd be cool. You, um, last question. Cause you've been very generous with your time. If I don't know why, but I literally just went out my head. I, <laughs> I thought Bill Gates and it wasn't anything about Bill Gates, but the, the question literally went out my brain that I was going to ask, but okay, <laughs> which is really silly. I wish I wrote it down. I, uh, I guess I, instead I'll put it open to you. Is there anything that you would love people to know more about either, um, biotechnology or learning? Like if there's like people who are parents that are listening to this, is there anything you would love them to know more about so they can be encouraging, like an open format, like kind of put it to you. Hey. Anything you, anything you want to regale us with? Um, it's a big question. Yeah, it is a big question. I guess like this is going to be like kind of cliche, but I guess um, whether you're a parent or like a person listening to this who wants to get into, you know, this field, I think the biggest and most important thing is to not be afraid to ask questions, even if you think that they seem silly. Um, because, you know, like I said, there's the internet, there's people who are accessible. So um, you can, if you're curious and you're observant, and you know how to problem solve, basically, like you can do whatever you want, whether it's in science or, you know, any, pretty much anywhere else. And I think um, there's not a lot of encouragement th these days for people to question things and to uh, look for information that's accurate. So I think like <laughs> those skills are really important. Yeah, I think if you have if you have the curiosity and problem solving skills, like the, especially with the Internet, you can you, you the world is basically yours. Like if you know how to like ask good questions, like you, yeah. you can basically do anything you want, which which is kind of. It's kind of a terrifying thing, 
in the sense that like why don't you choose the wrong thing but at the same time it's like it's not, like and no and it's like to a greater degree than ever in history it's your fault if if, if you yeah. if you don't do what you're what you want to do yep and i think like i i i see every day the difference between students who you know just go through work to check off boxes but aren't curious and aren't interested and aren't asking questions and the students who maybe don't care as much about their grade or their work but are really like you know intensely curious and ask these like creative questions like those are the people who are going to change the world have you ever uh, you probably have does any does any have you ever is there a question that a student asked you that like completely like paused you and you were like wow that's a really fascinating question and like you worked it out with them to figure it out yeah that happens to me like every single day <laughs> um i'm i don't know if i can think of one right now but um hmm. what's well, a good thing though you're putting me on the spot, so I can't think of one right now. But yeah, I mean, I get those questions all the time. And I think, you know, my program attracts students who like to ask questions because they do research in my lab, like, you know, with in our lab. So I think, like, that's that's who I'm select the program is selecting for typically. But I mean, I like, I get those questions all the time. And that's like the most exciting thing because I, I love, like, I, I love like letting a student know that like that is your question is so insightful that like it almost doesn't even matter if we answer it because you asked it. So. Well, I think I think this is a really good note to end on in that like a, a child never feels silly for asking a question because they really want to learn. And like kids, kids generally learn the most in the sense that like they have to they have to figure out everything like societal rules, like how not to run. Yep in front of cars, you know, like there's like a lot of kids, a lot of things like kids have to learn or else like they just wouldn't survive. And so yeah. like the, they, they do that by like not being afraid to ask questions. And I think that like goes to what you're saying in that, like ask, you know, questions, like even if it sounds silly to you, it might be really insightful. Like, how do you know? Like, who exactly. knows? Who, who's the, yeah. who's the judge? Like, I think people should just judge themselves and like, just chill out. I agree. A hundred percent. Enjoy life. Learn, push people to do yeah. the best. Like, uh, okay, yes. but exactly. <laughs> all right, then I will call it a close of the podcast. I appreciate you taking your time to talk with us today. We had a, I mean, a really long conversation, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and we got to talk about a lot of a lot of stuff, which I think uh, people are gonna um, enjoy. Is is there anything? Is there any way? Like, I don't know if you have like a Twitter or something. Like, if people wanted to like tweet you, I don't know. People like tweeting. I, I'm I'm not figured out tweeting yet, but if you wanted. Yeah. The, the Twitter for my program, which is run by me, is um, at NTHS Biotech. NTHS. And everyone who is, everything we talked about in this podcast, like what she just said, that will be in the show notes. So if just click those links and you'll go right to it. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe, leave a review, check out our website, learningwithlowell.com, or join my mailing list. I'm here to learn and share what I learn. New episodes every Tuesday, new emails every Monday, and I blog on topics that I find fascinating.